Chapter 81 at The Rolling Up When the sun is rolled up, resulting in darkness. This chapter begins with God taking an oath. He swears by the sun, an object to which we can easily relate and fathom. All stars have a finite life, and the sun is no exception for its end will occur when it can no longer convert hydrogen into helium and thereby generate light and heat. This process involves a series of nuclear reactions that cause the sun's core to reach a temperature of 12 million degrees. The tremendous amount of heat generated causes its outer layer to expand, and gravity causes the core to contract. As long as these two forces are equal, the sun functions normally. However, as the supply of the nuclear fuel hydrogen is depleted, contraction gets the upper hand and eventually causes it to explode. This phenomenon is called a supernova. Eventually, the core, which no longer has any nuclear fuel, shrinks cools and becomes a white dwarf, an extremely condensed stable star devoid of nuclear fuel. The sun's outer layers become a red giant star that drifts off into space along with most of its mass. This metamorphosis marks the end of the sun's life and sets a magnificent transformation in motion. When the stars are dimmed the verb inkadara, dimmed, generally connotes a passive meaning. The sun, which is located at the center of the solar system and affects the stars by its heat, light, and gravity, will be rolled up by the process of constriction, and the stars will become obscure. When the mountains are set in motion, Mountains will begin to drift when the Earth can no longer exert any gravitational force. Other Quranic chapters recount that on that day, all mountains will be scattered into space like fluffed-up wool or dust particles. When the ten-month pregnant camels are abandoned. The word Ishar comes from the same root as Ashar, ten. Here, the reference is to a camel in its tenth month of pregnancy, or one approaching its delivery date. The Arabs of that era considered pregnant camels to be their most precious and valuable asset. Although this is no longer the case, the verse remains relevant because the criterion is what is important, namely, that which one considers most precious and priceless. This verse highlights the enormity of the event on that day, wherein people's condition will be so dire that they will forget everything in order to focus on their own survival. When the wild beasts are herded together Normally, different species of wild animals do not socialize. However, this event will instill such terror and insecurity in them that they will come together to seek refuge. Humans innately seek companions to socialize. 
However, on that day, everyone's energy and attention will be focused on self-preservation because this event's overwhelming nature will block out all other concerns. Chapter 80, verse 37 When the seas boil over, the seas will be set ablaze and its waters will boil over. Similarly, Quran chapter 82 verse 3 says, And when the seas burst forth. This seems to refer to the division of the oceans and the breaking down of water into combustible hydrogen and oxygen. When the souls are paired. Exegetes have offered multiple interpretations for this verse such as that this refers to one's soul being paired with one's body or that similar types of people will be paired, i.e., the good with the good and the evil with the evil. However, it may refer to each person's being paired with the record of his deeds, for on that day each person will be united with his or her eternal fate. And when the girl-child that was buried alive is asked. This refers to the barbaric jahiliya custom of burying one's infant daughters alive. Of course, this verse can and should be understood in a wider context instead of being limited to that specific era alone. As it is not time-bound, it honors the right of all innocent people who have been unjustly killed or have had their rights grossly violated. For what sin was she killed? The victims will be asked, For what supposed crime were you made to suffer this cruelty? On that day, people's earthly deeds will be scrutinized. When the scrolls of deeds are spread out, everybody's behavior Words and intentions will become transparent and exposed. When the sky is peeled away, the word sama, sky, is prefixed with the definite article el, which means that it might refer to Earth's atmosphere. Earth, like a person's brain, is surrounded by protective layers, each of which has a specific function. This natural order will be destroyed on that day and earth will be left completely vulnerable. When hell is set ablaze, the fire in hell will now be set ablaze and begin to rise, as if someone is blowing on it. When paradise is brought near, this is an astonishing explanation of paradise. We normally imagine paradise as a place that humans approach, not as one that approaches us. Does this imply that it is a state of being that encompasses us? Only God knows. The fact of the matter is that on that day, Earth and our solar system in general will be completely transformed. Hence, the notion that paradise is similar to an earthly garden is nonsensical. Paradise and hell are phenomena so vastly beyond our imagination that we cannot even begin to fathom their natures, dimensions, 
and so on. Then each soul will know what it has prepared. In verses 1 to 13, God swore by different natural phenomena that will occur on that day, and this verse is the conclusion and outcome of these oaths. This verse states that, in actuality, death does not bring closure to our life because our book of deeds will remain tied to us and we will be summoned to account for them on that day. The world's ensuing transformation will reveal the truth of everything. Our actions in this life will determine our fate in the hereafter. Indeed, I swear by the planets that recede. The negative particle, la, in fala uqsimu, I swear indeed, does not negate the oath. Rather, it makes the assertion emphatically solemn. The word khunnas denotes an object that is gradually disappearing or being extinguished, like the sun at dusk or the setting of the stars at dawn, that run their course and disappear. It is not clear here whether the reference is to the sun or the other stars. In fact, it could be about almost anything that is in the process of disappearing, depending upon our perspective of this world, for there are many phenomena that set and disappear. And by the night, as it departs. This verse highlights the time when night's darkness starts to vanish and dawn begins to break. This verse and the next one begin with a solemn oath using the wow of oath to impress upon us the great importance of the objects sworn by. And by the morning when the fragrant air breathes. Morning unfolds as the sun rises and begins to warm the surrounding air so that it can expand. As the air moves toward the part of the atmosphere that is farther away, it creates a current known as the cool morning breeze. This breeze, the beginning of a change in nature, is likened to the breath of the morning. People in different parts of the world observe this phenomenon at different times. Although sunrise and sunset reveal an ever-changing world in continual movement and flux, humans still presume that their own existence ends once they die. Indeed, this Quran is a word conveyed by a messenger, Gabriel ennobled. These utterances are not the Prophet's words, for he could not have acquired such knowledge through science and experimentation. We may not be able to accept the accuracy of some of this information with certainty because the Prophet was illiterate and uneducated in the physical sciences, including astronomy. Therefore, we must accept that these verses were imparted to him by a messenger ennobled. This is none other than the esteemed angel Gabriel, God's emissary who was tasked with delivering the message to the Prophet. Empowered and ordained by the Lord of the Throne The angel Gabriel, who had been endowed with enough power to bear such a magnificent 
and momentous message, is awarded a distinction and is held in high esteem by God. Therefore, based on the usage of the word throne, arsh, in this verse, one can say that he has been delegated authority over those forces that control the affairs of the worlds. God has vested in Angel Gabriel distinctive authority. To be obeyed, one who is trustworthy. Angel Gabriel is muta'ah, denoting that other forces obey and surrender to it. Forces in the universe are referred to as angels in a given religion's creedal statements or belief system, with deferring ranks and authority too. However, all of them are under this particular angel's stewardship. Gabriel delivered God's message in trust to the Prophet, who, already known as the trustworthy one, Al-Amin, transmitted it faithfully to his people. Once again, it is important to note that angels are described in a manner that we can understand. Thus, whatever is said about them should not be taken literally. They are not part of this material world, but part of the unknown forces that have been placed in charge of the affairs of the universe. Religious concepts and symbols should never be taken literally or understood superficially. Your companion has not gone crazy. The previous verses enumerated Gabriel's attributes. This verse concludes by stating that the prophet is not crazy. The polytheists, who could not comprehend the message, thought he was crazy, suffering from melancholia, or perhaps under the spell of the jinn. They had formed this view of him because even though everyone knew that he was illiterate and uneducated in the physical sciences, he was talking to them about the world of existence, the universe, and the hereafter. In general, the Arabs of that time did not believe that anyone could connect with the spiritual world and God. Surely he, Muhammad, saw him, Gabriel, on the clear horizon. The phrase clear horizon is not intended to convey the sense of the view that we perceive or can perceive in nature any more than the word see means seeing with the physical eyes. Instead, it means seeing with the eye of the heart. The prophet understood Gabriel's true nature and perceived with certainty the truth of the message he conveyed through the eye of the heart, and that whatever he perceived thereby was unquestioningly the reality. He comprehended these lofty truths because he had set his sights on a horizon superior to the one that we have set for ourselves. He does not withhold knowledge of the unseen. The Prophet learned the secrets of the truth and generously made them available to the world. He is God's blessing to humanity and the bearer of the message that will save us all. This is not the word of an accursed devil. The Prophet was neither seduced nor deceived by any devils into accepting any of their suggestions. 
God willed to inform humanity of these divine words and thus summoned his most eminent angel to deliver them to Muhammad. This particular individual, who had proven himself trustworthy to his own people and had attained such a towering station of understanding and perception that he could both comprehend and transmit God's words faithfully, was chosen to receive this lofty message. So where are you going? Now that you have been informed of this message, of the world's eventual transformation and fate, where would you like to go? All human beings choose a path and work earnestly to attain their goals. So what are your goals, your ultimate aspirations, and your objectives in life? This Quran is nothing but a reminder for the worlds. Zikr, remind, is the opposite of nisyan, forgetful. Human beings are innately forgetful of the fact that they are on a path that will eventually lead to death, for they are easily distracted by the mundane tasks of everyday life. As such, this verse reminds our consciousness of this reality. But for whom is this reminder meant? It is sent to the worlds, as opposed to just Muslims or devoted believers. For everyone's fate will depend upon accepting or rejecting this message. For those who wish to take the straight path, any compulsion or force in terms of embracing this message is forbidden. For human beings are free to choose their own path. However, those who want to be on the straight path will accept it, for only it lies between their point of origin and their ultimate destination. But you will only wish to do so by the will of God, the Lord of the worlds. God has created the cosmos and the laws that govern it. He established a framework and a domain for humans within which they can make their own decisions and move freely. His will encompasses ours because he is the Lord and sustainer of the worlds. He has provided us with awareness and information on how to live in harmony with the natural order and follow its governing laws. We are free and can make our own choices, but are there limits to this freedom and choice? Humanity's power and freedom in this regard, along with its members' opportunity to acquire knowledge, are all encompassed by God's power and will. People should never claim lordship, for even though they can ignore and deny the reality of the day of resurrection, their wills and desires can never affect the natural order and its governing laws.